Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Girls with Dogs. This is Kimberly, the blogger behind Keep the Tail Wagging, and I'm here with my dear, dear friend, Kathy, the blogger behind Groovy Golden Doodles, and we are here to chat about dogs. How you going or how you doing, Kathy? <laughs> it's like, since I can't see you, I'm all just flurmuxed. <laughs> I'll pull up a picture. Just, just pull up a photo. I'm, <laughs> I'm good trying to live through... Um, the aftermath of the storm, but you know, we're pressing through trying to make yeah. it work. Yeah. Other than that, um, I tell you what was first, let me stop and say, love the photo of you and Johan um, <laughs> on Facebook. It's been a long time since I've seen a photo of the two of you. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know what I'm talking to talking about, hurry, 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 don't walk, run. <laughs> to your smartphone, tablet, or computer and pull up Kimberly's Facebook page. She actually changed her <laughs> profile picture and it's not with a dog. It's a very handsome gentleman, which I wanted to tell you a long time ago and then I forgot because I'm older than you are and I'm allowed <laughs> to forget. But have you ever watched that show? It's supposed to be coming back in the fall of this year called Queen Sugar. Don't ask me what channel it comes on. I've heard it's, of it, but I've never watched it. So it is um, about a a family, a generation of um, this one family who in some very rural part of New Orleans um, did very well with sugarcane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but being an African-American um, family in this very rural part, they have had some, you know, racial struggles and what have you. And then it just starts to go and entwine with, you know, all the skeletons in, in everybody, regardless of your ethnicity um, mm-hmm. closet. There is the, one of the sisters is actually um, in love with this um, Caucasian policeman. And when I saw your picture, I was like, holy Hannah. Look at Kimberly and Johan and they have such, they, well, I don't want to spoil it, but in one season, they had such a phenomenal relationship. It was just like the love was just oozing from their, the way the story was written about them. And when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, this is Kimberly and Johan. <laughs> I'm going to find a photo of them together and send it to you because it is um, it's adorable, but anyway, so very, very nice picture. I was very, very excited to see the two of you together. Well, thank you. Well, and you're welcome. And so <laughs> your niece is all married and everything is good. She's all married and everything is good. It was, a, it was a perfect wedding because it was small and, um, you know, real quick, you know, wasn't, I mean, we, it was four hours, but that was the, you know, us getting there an hour before it started. And then, um, you know, the wedding, you know, we are mingling and then the wedding and sitting down to eat um, speeches, you know, the first dance and speeches and, and um, the wet, the cutting of the wedding cake. And then it was over. It wasn't like a huge wedding cake where everyone's eating cake. They had different dessert. Um, nice. It, it was just a, a, a real quick, simple wedding, which is totally my take. I, I don't like those all day affairs. And even just doing that, I was exhausted, absolutely exhausted when it was over. 
And for anyone who's listening, if you are an introvert, I'm actually a social, what's called a social introvert, which means that, you know, I can, I can fake it um, really well. And I can, people always think that I'm an extrovert, but man, doing events like that are just absolutely exhausting. I didn't wake up today until probably 10 o'clock. And this really? is us, yeah. And this is us getting home at like six o'clock last night. I mean, Do you I was, just get full of anxiety or something. And, um, it, it is, it's a little bit of that. Cause I, I did have to take some breaks. Like I, at one point in time, I went and just sat in the car for a little bit. Um, but I had to, you know, take some breaks from people and it's not that I'm, you know, stressed or anything. I don't, or it, that like anyone says or does anything wrong. I just start feeling like I want to leave. I just like, I want, like if, if someone, if Johan were to turn to me and go, you ready to get out of here? I'd be like, I'm, I'll see you at the car as I race out the door. And when I start feeling that, um, like I need to leave, that's when I, I go and I take a break. Um, huh. so I'll, I'll go walk. Cause it was like, it was on a property. It was on someone, they had 18 acres and they had like a barn and a bunch of shops and stuff. And they turned the barn into um, a wedding event and upstairs is where the bride gets ready. And then there's a separate building where the groom and the groomsmen get ready and it's full. Like, you know, it's beautiful. Just an absolute, it has a huge pond on the property, um, games to play. And it was, it was really cool. So there was plenty of places to get away. And so I just would just go for a walk and just, you know, walk around. Like I'm looking at stuff when I wasn't really looking at stuff. I was just trying to get away from people. Huh. Yeah. It's for like, you know, I just need like five minutes to just get away. Except for when I sat in the car, I was probably out in the car for about 15 or 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Well, while you were, you know, preparing for your festivities with the family, I was just having this out of body experience. Did you see the post that I put up on Facebook? You know, and I very rarely do these things. I started to call you because, you know, you're in that category of, um, you know, ride or die friend, mm-hmm. um, grab some Vaseline, a can of kick ass. Mm-hmm. I'm on my way. Um, but then realistically, you'd still be trying to get here. Mm-hmm. So I took the boys on Wednesday to the groomer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw, I did see that. Yes. I need, I need to talk to you about this. I need you. I'm so confused. I took them to the groomer. This is the third groomer that I've had. I'm almost starting to think that there's something wrong with me, but Mm -hmm. not really, Um, not in this category anyway. And so, um, you know, they're great. He does a good job. He does an outstanding job in terms of his, his talent and his ability to keep the dogs looking good. Okay. Mm -hmm. They've never exhibited any anxiety getting out of the car, walking to the um, salon, going in, even when he takes the leash and and takes them from me, they're fine. When I went to pick them up Wednesday afternoon, the gentleman was really um, just beside himself. And here's, there were certain things that were just not ringing right with me. He never addressed them by their name. Mm-hmm. And that bothered me because it's been well over six months. Uh-huh. He said, listen, we got to talk. He said, the little one here, he said, um, I turned the dryer off and he just freaked out. And I said, oh my God, why? Because I'm looking at Harley and his tail is wagging and he's jumping up on me. He's having mm-hmm. a good moment. 
Uh-huh. And he said, oh, man, he got to screaming and barking and flailing like he was trying to get off the table. He said, I, I just think that twice a week, twice a month is too much for him now with uh-huh. his age. I, I just think that um, it's just too much. I can't do it because it just it, it just traumatizes me. So I'm kind of looking at him like Scooby Doo, you know, turning my head sideways, trying to see mm-hmm. if I can get a better reception to what mm-hmm. the hell you're telling me. and. You know, he says the big one is fine, but let's just bring the little one. And I kept saying he has a name. And so he said, yeah, bring bring Harley. You know, I'll do him once a week, once a month. And, um, you know, just go ahead and, and groom him and bathe him. But I, I, I just don't think this is going to work. So when I left, I was like, well, you son of a biscuit eater. I'm not bringing my boys back at all. <laughs> but realistically, I can't say that. One, it is extremely hard to find a good groomer. Two, mm-hmm. he does an excellent job. Three, never had a problem before. But um, how dare you? It's kind of like somebody says, this child can come, but that child can't. Yeah. And so I'm in a conundrum until two weeks from now when it's bath time. and. I need Jax to get a bath because the following day we've got to do this little television thing on um, bring a pet to work um, week, which mm-hmm. is the week of the 20th of June. So I can't have Dirty McNasty on television. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I have to make sure he's bathed and it's I'm whining. So just grab some cheese and crackers. This is therapeutic for me. I cannot find a new groomer in a week and a half. Yeah. So I have to take Jack's back. Now I can go to one of those um, specialty places where I get my um, primal products and stuff like that. They have a beautiful do-it-yourself salon Mm -hmm. and I can bathe Harley, but I'm not good at, I don't clip nails. I don't cut in between paw pads. I definitely have never done sannies and fannies. You mm-hmm. feel me? Yeah. I'm just good for scrubbing out the funk. That's all I can do. I don't want to become a YouTube um, aficionado on how to groom my dog. I don't want to do that. It's It ruined my day. Yeah. Yeah. That's a That's a hard one. Because it's, you know, I don't have those type of dogs, so I don't know what it's like because, you know, my first thought is, well, just do it yourself, you know, but I don't have that type of dog, you know, so it's easy for me to, to, to groom my dogs at home because I don't put a whole lot into it. The, the most I do is, um, Rodrigo when I, you know, I trim the hair all around his paws and his legs but mostly it's like, you know, it's just a majorly a, a brush out. And I actually only bathe my dogs like a handful of times a year rather than twice a month. Ah, mm, okay. So it's just like, it's such a different, it's just, it's a different, cause I don't have a dog that requires regular maintenance with their coat. Cause at front, from what I understand, you know, your dogs, if, if it's not kept up, their coats will become matted. Very much so. 
you know, and so it's just like one of those where it's the serious deal. It's funny because it's like, you know, it's so easy to think about like things like grooming as, oh, well, you know, la-di-da type of thing where it's like, no, actually there is benefit. And, you know, and, and for some people it is a lot because nails are hard. I do my dog's nails, but I actually had to have someone come to our house to teach me how to do it. A friend of mine did because, um, I was, you know, if my dogs started pulling their paws away or crying and stuff, I would just wouldn't do it because I was terrified that I was hurting them. And um, so she had to teach me how to do it. And I have one dog that has black nails, so you can't see and you can easily hit the quick. And it's very intimidating to do that. Yes. Um, And I'm terrified. Yeah. The only reason why she doesn't go to the groomers to have it done is because I also don't believe in vaccinating senior dogs. And some groomers require you know, proof of vaccination. That's the other thing. I typically um, make sure that I'm dealing with, um, I typically make sure that I'm dealing with a groomer who keeps my dogs isolated from everybody else Mm -hmm. for that same reason. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's so bad. Yeah. I'm sorry that you had to deal with that. Cause it's like, I could tell from the the post that it was just like, it was a rough one. Yeah, yeah. it was, you know, I, it, you, I it's like when you know what to do. It's like when your dog gets put out of doggy daycare, you, you, you feel mm-hmm. like, like, like you've, you've done something wrong and it's almost like, Oh no, don't do that. Please don't do that. Yeah, I know. I just sort of don't blame them for kicking Apollo out. <laughs> well, I wasn't referring to your, your dog. Um, Apollo's a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I it mean, is. It is hard because, like, even yeah, back when well, when Apollo, they didn't technically kick him out. They just sort of were like, we we need him to come less often. And, oh, well, damn, what's the difference? Yeah, and it's yeah, exactly. And it was just one of those where I understood where they were coming from because they don't recommend that dogs go to doggy daycare on a daily basis. Um, however, we didn't have an, any other options. We were like, we didn't have an opportunity to, to plan for Apollo. He was, you know, he came upon us and he was a blessing, but we weren't prepared for anything else. And with both of us working full time, it was just really hard to have a dog like him in our, you know, in our home until he got settled. But, um, but yeah, it was just like one of those where, what do you do? Because again, not quite the same, but similar in that I couldn't find, I found one place that um, could take him as far as, you know, a doggy daycare, cause all the other ones were booked up. And um, so what do you do? You know, yeah, you, you you get a dog walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what we did. Huh. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah, it was. Um. So I, I, I have no clue. And it was I tried to talk to Lee about it. But for the first time in a long time, he just wasn't there with me. Mm-hmm. This whole thing was just, Kathy, you're reading too much into this. Or uh, maybe he's right. Maybe we just need to to bathe him. And I'm thinking, we? We? 
Like you're going to do this. We we're going to get together and make a day out of it. No. Um, so I said, that's all right. I'll wait till Saturday. Yeah. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll talk to my spirit animal and she'll listen. She'll empathize. She'll well, laugh just, with me. It's just, it, it is. It's one of those things where um, I honestly don't know, you know, what the answer is in that one. That's a tough one. You know, because it's like, you know, you're, you're a dog. And cause my question is, well, what happened? Cause that's what I would want to know. What was going on? You know, according like, to him, he said, um, he said nothing. Now, if you go back a few months before, and I don't know if I shared this with you or not, um, we had to have that conversation. He was trying to keep Harley looking like he was, um, like, you know, he's always looked just this big cotton ball. And Harley just did not want the dryer on him anymore. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he started flailing and all of that. And so when he called me, I said, don't worry about it. I said, mm-hmm. as long as Harley is clean and you can get, you can either use the blower, the handheld blower, or you can sit him in the cage and they have the, um, the nozzles like pointing in the cage. So it's just warm air on you while you sit. And in his case, sleep, mm-hmm. but it doesn't give you that same um, Vogue for dogs kind of cover photo where there's no crinkle in his hair. Everything just looks to perfection. And mm-hmm. I said, at his age, I'm not concerned about that. Yeah. If he has the little crinkle, we're just going to rock it like it's a new style. So don't worry about that. Towel dry him. And if he's not feeling like being dried, then just put him in the, the cage mm-hmm. and he will, the crate, and, and let him air dry, if you will, like that with the soft air just blowing into the crate. So I thought we were good. Mm-hmm. And I'd always say to him, if there's an issue, you call me. And that was the other thing that I had some concerns about because I said to him, I said, well, I thought we agreed that you would call me. He said, it just happened. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give you that one. But of all the things, what bothered me is the little one and the big one. How Mm -hmm. dare you? Yeah. It's like the skinny one and the fat one. Yeah. The white one and the black one. Mm-hmm. How dare you not know your clients' names? And those are your clients, not me. Yeah. 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 I just I'm I'm of the um dogs don't do dogs don't just do something. They don't just flip out. They don't just, you know, just attack you out of the blue. I feel like dogs are giving you signs that, you know, something is up. And if it's not in the moment, it's something in the character of the dog where you know that this is something that's going to happen. And, you know, and I understand that Harley is older and so older dogs, you know, they can, their behavior can change to reflect that. Cause like with Rodrigo, you know, I, in the evening, he's a little more anxious and I've been looking it up and it's called sundowners where it's the start of maybe some cognitive, cognitive, you know, decline, Maybe he's not hearing as well as he used to, not seeing as well as he used to. Um, So when in the evening and at night, 
he starts getting a little anxious, but he feels- How old is he now? He's 12. Okay. So he starts, he wants, you know, so I just explained it to Johan because Johan's like, what is wrong with him? Because he'd be panting, like, you know, and just really sometimes whining. And so we started, you know, just sort of like reassuring him and letting, you know, he sits next to one of us. Um, I started adding more coconut oil. Well, actually- MCT oil because he's not really a fan of coconut oil, but I add MCT oil to his meals once a day to help with the cognitive. And then I add more, um, see, or salmon oil to his meals every day to help with the arthritis. So the inflammation, because that's also a sign of pain because he's getting older and you know, so there are those things, but he's still, you know, oh, he's still my dog. And I've noticed that, you know, he doesn't do anything without there being something that triggers him. And, or at least that's not, I've never witnessed that something is triggering him. And I think in a grooming setting, I would think that, you know, they can't pay attention to all the dogs all the time to see what's going on and how the dogs are doing, but something had to have happened. And maybe it's just as simple as I don't like the blow dryer on me for very long. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and the dog is letting you know, because they, they can only let you know, you know, in their way, they can't turn to you and speak and say, Hey, that's enough, you know? And so that's just, I don't know. I'm, I, I, without having been there, I shouldn't judge, but that's just, those are the questions that popped into my head were, you know, what message was Harley trying to deliver that the groomer didn't pick up on? Precisely. And then also my worry is future um, interactions because dogs pick up on energy. I'm always monitoring my energy. When I am feeling stressed out or angry or frustrated or sad, I march myself away from my dogs. I go for a walk. I go work out. I go for a drive. But I do not put that energy next to my dogs because it stresses them out, especially things like anger and frustration. So I would be worried about future appointment. I don't mean to put this worry on you if you don't already have it, but I'd be worried about future interactions. And oh, you mean with, with this particular person? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. So here's the thing, as far as Harley's concerned, you know, the little one, we're done. Um, I wouldn't give Harley back to him, um, for anything. Right. Um, my vet, but now I'll be running around like, you know, Joe Jackson from the Jackson five, you know, <laughs> doing this and doing that because I'll, I'll take Jax until I can find another groomer. And that's going to take me a minute, yeah. but I, he can still go and he'll be okay. Um, Harley, I will bathe. And then the vet can always cut nails. Yeah. Um, I can, I'll try to do the paw pads. I'll be good for, Harley can probably sustain about a month before he's going to start to look homeless. Yeah. Um, I mean, but in, the mean, the, in the meantime, you can ask around. I mean, does your vet know anyone? Well, I am going to ask around. I am actually going to go back to um, Wolfgang because that's a place that the only reason why I stopped 
is because the one little guy that was doing them, he left. The -hmm. person that was doing them before pretty much changed her schedule. She's just doing a very select clientele in the sense of just people she'd been doing for a long time. And her hours were nowhere near conducive to mine. Mm -hmm. So that's why I went someplace else. So my intent is to call her on Monday Mm -hmm. and have a conversation and literally just make my schedule accommodate hers Mm -hmm. for Harley. And, you know, she could take Jack's and that would be just phenomenal. But Harley's never been a difficult dog. Yeah, he's a little cantankerous when he is as he's aging. But my thing is, if you were really in tuned with your client and you could see the agitation, then just stop. You would fare better and get a larger tip from me if you told me, hey, I know he's look all crinkly, but he smells wonderful. Just wasn't a day he felt like doing it and I didn't want to yeah. press it. That is going to get you so much further with me. Oh, than me just robotically yeah. trying to, yeah. um, to push the envelope with this dog, not recognizing that this is a senior dog. So it's not something that you're supposed to just treat like it's ready to go into a trash bag. You should treat it differently um, in the sense of understanding the dog's needs. Yeah. Come on. I mean, and the thing about it is that for me, I mean, I know that, I mean, my dogs are different because they've never had experiences like that. But um, for a dog that's used to going to the groomers or used to going to doggy daycare, used to going to, or I actually, you know, the best um, description is the vet is my dogs go to the vet. They have no choice. They know what the vet is, but I really appreciate the fact that, especially since I can't go inside with them, the vet goes above and beyond to make sure my dog is comfortable because that makes me feel okay. So I'm not anxious and wondering, you know, what happened to my dog when he was in there. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that would be my concern is, you know, what are you guys doing to my dog? You know, and just like you just said, I mean, if you notice that the dog is, is getting stressed out, you know, don't push it through, especially since you were already told if he doesn't like it, that's fine. Just dry towel him and put him, you know, in the crate mm-hmm. and, you know, let him air dry. Mm-hmm. And I mean, here's the thing. Um, Harley has been getting a bath on a regular basis his entire life. It's like you said with the vet. It is part of what his life has always been. And he has never. And yes, I know that, you know, as they age, they get a little stubborn and all of that. But there's no way that he I, I just I just not buying it. I'm not, I'm not buying it. I I was just really annoyed, very interested in the comments that I received somebody. And I I haven't even looked this up, but somebody said he had a, a drier seizure. I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, But most of the people were saying the same things that I was thinking, where's your compassion for a senior dog? So what I'd like to do is, first of all, what a gig if there was some that charged extra that only bathed senior dogs, you know, 
Oh my God. I just Googled it. What? One second. Mm. But it is. Um, there have been anecdotal reports of humans seizing when a fan is on them or a hair dryer is being used to dry their hair. When these seizures occur in dogs, they usually occur after a few minutes of drying, generally, although not always, as you get closer to the head with the dryer. So it is something. I mean, it's, it looks like since they're calling it anecdotal, um, yeah, here's something on a grooming website. Dryer Caesar, grooming smarter. Oh, here's another grooming website, pest seizures and grooming salons. So this is something that is, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I got to be honest, you know, I didn't look at it because I really didn't want to look at it. I know that sounds stupid, but I'm being real. I just, mm-hmm. I said, I'll get to it, but I, I didn't want to know that information. You telling me though, it wasn't as traumatizing as I thought. Could that have happened? Sure. It could have happened. Tell me mm-hmm. and say, not going to be able to dry him anymore. Right now it's 92 degrees. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But my whole thing is, so my backup plan if I cannot find a groomer by the time Harley stops looking like um, Harley and starts resembling something else, then um, I will go back, but I have to stay. Yeah. And all we're going to do is cut and bathe. I'll towel dry and take him home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that's my desperation. Um process because I have nothing else that I can do right now. Yeah. And, um, and if I have to get clippers and if I have to trial by error and praise God, I don't like take his manhood when I'm trying (laughs) to shave down there. (laughs) Um, we'll, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. Because at the end of the day, it is he who is the most important to me. And so, you know, if we have to go through that, then we will go through that together, him and I. But yeah, so that was my, that and the electrical storm, that was my week. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I really wanted to find more about and congratulate you on that incredible um, surprise you got this past week. So I want you to tell everybody about that. I think that was absolutely amazing. Oh, my book. Yes. You know, it's so funny. So much has happened this past week that that feels like that was two weeks ago. Well, share. Oh, straight. Share share with us. I got tagged on Facebook and um, I followed the tag. And it was someone who was like saying, Kimberly, do you know that you're on this list too? And what the list was, was 48 top dog nutrition, you know, wellness books. And I was number nine on a list of 48. And I was right behind the forever dog and right before one of Dr. Karen Becker's books, which was actually on the list, I think three times. Mm-hmm. But, um, it was really exciting because, you know, other people on this list who I respect and I have their books and use them often as referenced, um, Dr. Connor Brady, I believe he was number one, um, or no, he was number two. Dr. Judy Morgan was number three and heard the book that she has a yin and yang of dog nutrition is some, in fact, I was flipping through that book this morning. I reference it all the time, but huh. you know, 
it was, it was really just shocking because, and it gave me the push that I need because I really need to finish the update. I, I haven't touched it in a month and I was trying to get it done by the end of May. That didn't work out. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. But yeah, it was just, it's, it's really nice. I, I don't know the site. I wasn't familiar with it, um, but I appreciate being included. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of other books that could have been on that list uh, that, you know, I reference. And so it's, it was really humbling and, and, you know, appreciative to see my book on that list. It was really nice. Um, again, I, I thought that that was just, um, I, I stared at it like it was my damn book. I thought, this is so, <laughs> this is so nice and, and so well-deserved. Yeah. So well-deserved. So Thank what you. else was going on? Um, I got this? interviewed this week. As yes. Well. I, okay. That, so. that feels like it was two weeks ago too, but I think it was on Tuesday um, and that it aired on Friday. It was, a, I think, a, a Wisconsin station about raw feeding. What I appreciated is that the reporter did speak to a veterinarian that did not recommend raw feeding, and then she spoke to me. So it was a a more balanced interview than things I've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, it was, you know, I, I look at it as an opportunity just to get information out there to show people that there are other ways, you know, it's not so much, you know, I used to be on a very kick to get everyone to switch to raw. Now I'm just more interested in people doing the best that they can for their dogs and, you know, thinking about the things that they can add to their dog's diet. There's a lot of stuff that we talked about in the interview that didn't make the aired version, but I'm grateful to see that my website made it. And so maybe people can, you know, we'll see that and visit my website to learn more. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, that was really exciting and fun. And even the veterinarian who didn't recommend raw, she wasn't like passionately, you know, against raw. So it wasn't this horrible, like, you know, she was listing off all these horrible things about raw feeding or anything. It was just, you know, she was sharing her thoughts and, and it was perfectly acceptable. You know, I, I think that, um, I wish that we could have a more involved, serious talk about raw feeding, you know, where it's, you know, a few people on either side talking about what their concerns are. And maybe that's something that, you know, as, you know, a content creator myself, I can facilitate and create a video where I'm talking to a veterinarian that's anti-raw and, you know, we're just learning and talking to each other, not having it be combative, but just a conversation where it's not about, you know, so much changing each other's minds. It's more about sharing each other's perspective and hearing each other out. Um, Sounds like a great kind of Zoom session mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that you would put together and bring everybody in and say, hey, listen, let's let's just talk about this. Yeah, let's have a talk. I mean, because you know, I think, I, you know, one thing it's like I I understand why people, you know, are frustrated with veterinarians who are anti-raw, just like I understand veterinarians who are. I understand why they're anti-raw. Um, and I actually did a video this week about, you know, the things that I say to veterinarians who are anti-raw. And to sum it up, I basically just ask them to tell me what their concerns are. And then I address each concern. 
And every single time with the exception of one time, but that person was not interested in hearing anything that I had to say, but you know, every other time it, we had a great discussion and the person said, yeah, well, I would be fine with you feeding raw because the biggest concern is, you know, people not educating themselves. I mean, I, I see too often people either overthinking it, overanalyzing it, you know, and trying to create this super complicated diet, thinking that they're meeting their dog's nutritional needs. When, if you run their diet through the animal diet formulator, which is a software I use, they, their dog's diet is completely deficient. And what's interesting is that you cannot convince this person because I've had people send me their recipe and say, can you run this through your software? And I go back and show them, I show them the proof that this recipe is deficient all over the place. And their response is that's, that's wrong because, you know, I've been researching this and I pulled the information together. And, and so I know. And so if that is the type of personality that a veterinarian is dealing with, I can understand why they're justifiably concerned because you're talking to a person who isn't willing to learn and doesn't feel that there's anything that they need to learn. Whereas, you know, um, I have figured out that I will always be learning when it comes to diet and nutrition, because, you know, not everything is going to work for my dogs that I need to figure out what is going to work. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that it'll, I think that it's nice to see more and more people on the side of not just raw feeding, but just feeding a, a higher quality diet, whether it be raw or home cooked or, you know, freeze dried or air dried or dehydrated. But people are starting, you know, the veterinarian community is understanding that people want to get away from feeding kibble. And so there's one veterinarian, I mean, this is back in 2003, where she has a website, Balance It, and you can basically go and you pick out the ingredients and then you can order um, like a base mix that will balance the ingredients that you picked out. And um, you know, they recognize people don't trust the pet food industry. People don't want to feed, you know, kibble. They want to feed something that's more natural, more, you know, um, fresh to their uh -huh. dogs. And, you know, and it's nice to see veterinarians respect that and, you know, basically understand that and, and then taking it, going a step further and helping us, because that's the other thing is whenever I've had a conversation you know, with that, except for that one exception. Um, <laughs> but whenever I've had a conversation without a veterinarian, it actually one in particular, um, when I explained, this is what I do, her demeanor completely changed. She did a 180 and then she was giving me tips and asking me questions. Well, how do you make sure you're doing this? And I was like, oh, well, I, I do this. And, and it became a conversation where she gave me resources to check out and everything. So, you know, I think that there's, it's a misnomer to, or it's a mistake to think that just because a vet is anti-raw that they don't know anything about nutrition mm -hmm. or raw feeding for, as a matter of fact, I mean, they just may be concerned because they don't know what you're like, what type of raw feeder are you? Are you the type of person that's open to feedback and open to learning new things and constantly educating yourself and recognizing that as your dog ages, your dog will change and you will have to change with your dog. Or are they talking to someone who did a whole bunch of internet research and, and raw feeding groups and came up with this random diet that <laughs> makes no sense and they aren't willing to listen at all? And, you know, there's there's 
there's those two sides of the coin. And if you're the latter, you know, you're going to get a lot more pushback. I mean, there are, of course, those veterinarians who are just anti-raw, period. They don't want to hear about it. They think it's bad. But I'm thinking about, you know, there's a lot of middle of the road. I, I think of it as similar to politics, where we see on the TV and the social media, the people who are speaking the loudest are the people on the far end of the spectrum on either side. Mm-hmm. But people forget that, you know, there's a whole lot of people who grew up being taught, you don't talk about politics or religion. You know, you that's your, your business. You keep it at home behind closed doors. And so people, there's a whole lot of people that aren't putting their business out there on front street every day on social media that are more middle of the road. And I think the same thing can be said for veterinarians. I think there's a lot of veterinarians out there that they're not on social media talking about how much they hate raw feeding because they're busy working and helping dogs. And I think that they're more middle of the road. I've always felt though, with veterinarians, I've always felt that they would rather just have this discussion on a case by case basis. So let's just take you and I, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm being really, very, very, very honest, Kimberly. Mm-hmm. My veterinarian would listen to me and very kindly and gently um, if I was new to her practice. And if it was right now, she'd just be very blunt and tell me this is not going to work. I don't have not even close to the um, amount of knowledge that you have. Mm-hmm. I am, and you can hear it. And if I talk about it, I am not in that space to get th- that engaged and that involved and invested in it. I am that person that would do harm to Harley and Jackson if I tried to do it for all the wrong reasons, be it just a passing fancy. There's a lot of books out there. My buddy does it out in, you know, in, in Washington, Seattle. I, I, I mean, I would not be helping my dogs. They would not benefit. So I think before a veterinarian can just blanketly put out there that I am so for raw feeding, wish everybody would do it. And I know that there are a lot of veterinarians out there and I've talked to them, but I think that everybody is a little more cautious because there are some people who my intentions would be good. It would never be to harm them, but I, I just don't think I could do the job to, to justify it being better for them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they got to protect the Harleys and the Jacksons in the world from the Cathy's of the world. And so I think that that's why some are so cautious not to be so open about it. Do I believe that what you're doing is good for them? Absolutely. That's why I'm a pain in your ass all the time. (laughs) You know, pears, are pears okay? Can we do asparagus? (laughs) Have you done beets? What kind of sardines? I mean, because (laughs) you are my Mr. Google on the phone. And I know that because of our relationship, you're never going to tell me something that you don't know. And you're always very cautious and say, this is what I do. Yeah. And you'll say it won't harm Harley. It won't hurt Jackson. You might not get the same results. And so for that, 
you know, that's as close as I'm getting that in Zee Peak. And, and hey, I, I tout that because I'm proud yeah. that I've come, you know, from, from Purina to that. Yeah. I mean, so, it, I think everyone has their path and that's okay. We should all do the best that we can. But I, I honestly think you're right that veterinarians are, are considering, you know, not everyone is, you know, like me, I truly enjoy this. I get a kick out of this. i I go to bookstores and sit in bookstores for hours looking for books on nutrition, even though it's not dog nutrition, but just to educate myself about nutrition, Chinese medicine, Mm -hmm. herbs, Mm -hmm. you know, growing gardens, what vegetables can my dogs have? I mean, I was giving my dogs papaya, you know, yesterday, everyone liked it except for Rodrigo, (laughs) but you know, those are the types. Don't you just hate that, you know? (laughs) And then there's, and then there's the dog that you wish wouldn't eat every damn thing because mm-hmm. you'd like to keep it for yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think, you know, when it comes to social media, it's so easy to demonize. And then when you have other people sharing their stories and their experiences is quick, we quickly forget that these are individual experiences with some veterinarian that we don't know. We don't know the story behind it. We don't know what was going on, not to blame anybody, but we're using a story, a random story from a stranger on social media to feed into our hatred towards an entire group. Yeah. And it's interesting to me how comfortable people are with doing that, you know, cause if, you know, I always tell people, replace, you know, whatever word with, with any type of marginalized group. So it's like when people are saying all Amish um, run puppy mills. Uh, And then when people are like, I don't feel comfortable with you saying that, that, that sounds bigoted to me. Um, And it's like, how would you feel if I said all black people run dog fighting rings? That would be offensive, but you know, it's okay to say, all Amish run puppy mills or all veterinarians, you know, hate raw feeders and, you know, don't care. They only want it. They only want us in there for the money. The reason why they don't like raw feeding is because they want our dogs sick so they can make money off of our dogs. And it's just sort of like that Mm -hmm. one doesn't help anyone, especially our dogs. It's not true. And it, those types of statements make it harder for the many, many veterinarians who are doing such good work for our dogs. And it's just, you know, I, there's nothing I could ever say that would, uh, you know, I've had people argue with me for days on that type of theory where, you know, and it's like, to me, if you want to demonize somebody, then demonize them. It's just that I, I disagree with that. I think it's, it's, it's not effective. I agree with you. Hmm wholeheartedly i do i do yeah this was a serious i know right telephone good god do you have a a comment can you make one up i don't have a comment but i can um i keep telling you to make it up i can lighten it up i can lighten up the mood um well Let's see, let's see if I can, I can lighten up the mood, but I was going to tell you, you know, cause we were talking about senior dogs, which is, is, is a favorite topic for us apparently because yeah. of our two senior dogs. But one thing that I have 
managed to do. And I'm really happy. I'm so grateful to Johan because he does, you know, listen, he, he doesn't always understand. And it sometimes takes me repeating it a few times, but um, he does eventually listen. And, and like, for instance, right now, the only dog in the house is Rodrigo. When the dogs have to go outside because we need to clean the house or we need whatever we're doing, Rigo usually stays in the house because that's where he's comfortable. And he's not young like they are. And I like to give him a break from the other dogs. But it's it's interesting as our dogs get older. Um, I look at people who have a lot of dogs, you know, people, I follow this man, um, it's called, I think, Asher House on Instagram. I don't know how many dogs this man has, but he's always rescuing dogs and the dogs look happy and healthy. I just don't understand how people do it because I find it hard to keep track of four dogs because we have four dogs, three of them are seniors. um, And then we have this young pup three years old that is still puppyish and feels like two dogs in one because he has so much energy and personality. I don't know how people do it, but, um, Mm -hmm. but it's just like, I've been thinking about, um, you know, like we think about the beds, like now all the choices that I make, the things that I buy, I have to think of Rodrigo. So when I buy beds, you know, although I haven't bought a bed in a while, but I'm thinking about Rodrigo and his comfort. And, you know, is he, is this something that he's going to be able to do well on, you know, and I'm also changing everyone's diet based on Rodrigo. So I'm warming everyone's food. No one, no one gets cold food straight out the the um, freezer anymore or fridge anymore because it's too hard to digest and absorb nutrients because the body first has to warm it up. So they're not getting all the nutrients that they need and it's stressful on their digestive system. So I'm warming up their food to bring it to just room temperature, sort of, to make it easier for them to digest. And that's because Rodrigo, he's my old man. And so I'm actually ended up learning so much that's helping everyone from Rodrigo. Uh, You you have to, Um, you, you have to stay on top of it because the rest of your crew and even Jax will someday um, become yeah. a senior dog. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it is what it is. But I, I just thought that having the conversation about what took place at the groomers was really, really um, important because, wow, yeah. cannot even begin to imagine. Well, I think how- you know, I, I applaud you for being, you know, for one, being calm. But two, being your dog advocate and actually, you know, advocating for your dog, because I'm curious to know how many other people would just be like, oh, well, something's wrong with my dog. So I guess he can't go to grooming anymore and just accept that rather than questioning, well, what happened? And, you know, well, it just happened. I was like, I understand. But what happened? It's like, Mm -hmm. what was going on? What exactly was happening? And, you know, and people mentioning the dryer seizure that I've never heard of that before. And I didn't, the people that mentioned it, I have um, a personal relationship with them. Mm-hmm. So it always made sense to me. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't want to know it right now. Yeah, it, I never heard of that before. And, and given the situation, you know, it, it's one of those where, you know, when I, I just did a quick Google search and there mm-hmm. was one website, but that was, I couldn't tell what like the tone of the website was, you know, like for instance, my website is about raw feeding this. I couldn't tell, but the other websites all had grooming in the URL. So they were all groomer websites. 
So it's just, you know, not to beat up on the groomer, but it's just sort of like, do you not know about this? And are, have you, have you read about this? Um, and is this something that you could consider? Cause not only with your senior dog, but with other senior dogs coming in, that this is a, probably a, a thing where you might have to put some information out there that if your dog is of this age, let's talk about the dryer. Uh, yeah, that's on my queue for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to go into, um, a little more in-depth information because this, it just had me speechless. Yeah. I would have been just too. Absolutely speechless. I would have. But, um, and I, I was okay. I mean, I, I didn't, um, I was okay because, and I think when you talk about that though, seriously, I was okay because he was with me Mm -hmm. and that made all the difference in the world had. So I'm talking to you, but I'm looking at him. Yeah. So had we had this experience and I did not know, you know, if I'm in the car, if I was at work and I hadn't picked him up yet, then yes, uh, the anxiety and the stress level would have been raised considerably. So I would have probably busted up in there um, <laughs> like Wanda Sykes or something, <laughs> all loud and wrong. Um, but because he, I know you just got that visual. Right? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm watching this cartoon on, I don't know what, one of those streaming platforms, I think Netflix, where Wanda Sykes is one of the voices and I just love her voice. And it's just, mm-hmm. and so I started laughing. Yes, it is unique. It is unique to say yeah. the least, but <laughs> so, well, you can't see me, but you know, my, um, my food alarm is right <laughs> behind me. All right. And we have, um, what are we having today for dinner? Uh, probably the green juju. Yeah. Because they they love that, and that's become almost like a treat. Because they they they're just into these all these different veggies now. But I did take it out to defrost earlier. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh God, I told you I froze something. I promised I wouldn't do that, so you wouldn't lecture me about how the nutrients and stuff are now ruined. Uh uh-uh. uh no, they're not. Okay, I'm just testing you because when I buy it. <laughs> When I buy it, it's frozen. I was like, girl, you're talking to someone who has two freezers in the garage. <laughs> Everything. Right. Oh, and I meant to tell you. Oh, you could give us this is what I was going to tell you. Hmm. You could give a sister a shout out. So I'm flipping through Facebook as I'm eating my lunch um, last week. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, no, she didn't. And I see your little blog post about DIY um, treat crumbs. And I said, so she she took my idea and then kicked it up a notch and put it in some freaking mason jars oh, and wrote a blog a, post. I had a long, I, that was a long time ago, though. That was a way old blog post. And I said, she made fun of my Ziploc bags. No, I didn't. Remember, I told you I put them in the Ziploc bag. Oh, that's I said, fine. So, I said, so she's she's kicked it up a notch and put it in a mason jar. I have mason yeah. jars, too, you know. Well, so this is what really happened. For okay, what, what happened I was actually, <laughs> I actually did that blog post years ago as a sponsored post with a company. I can't remember the name of the, 
the tree company, but the tree company went out of business. And so now I'm going through and rewriting all of the blog posts and some of them I'm just, or updating them and cleaning it up. And some of them I'll just go and create a, um, what's it called? Like an Instagram story or Instagram series or something about it. And so I wanted to do with that because I had these extra jars and I had all these bags of treats that had just like the crumbs at the bottom or just a few treats left. And I just put them all in a bowl, mixed them up. And I was like, oh, let me just take pictures as I'm doing this and put it out there. I didn't Um, know you then. Yeah. Yeah, you did. The only reason and the thing about it is that I am, I am, I don't demonize plastic the way other people do. I do try to use more glass because I think it's just more environmentally friendly. So I do try to use more glass. And when I do get glass, I try to get used glass things, but I'm going to say something that's not going to be very popular. And maybe this will bring, maybe this will brighten up this. this now, now we'll get um, comments. All right. <laughs> I'm going to say go. something that's not popular and it is. Oh, hell. Some of these people out there are doing so much and they are being so extra when it comes to plastic and things that come from China. Because I have gotten to the point where if I get one more question from somebody who's talking about, well, it looks like that was made in China and I try not to get things from China. I, I'm, I'm like, are you, you act like not, you know, more than half the stuff in your house didn't come from China. It's like China happens to own half this planet and you're acting like you've managed because I mean, come on, come on people. I mean, I can understand, I mean, I can understand that you're trying to keep your dogs safe. You're trying to keep your dogs alive. I get it. And I am not telling you not to do what you're doing, but it's the, the questions with other people. Like my brother sent me a box of toys for the dogs. And one of the first comments I got was you're not concerned about giving your dogs toys that were probably made in China. And I was just like, no, because everything was made in China. Okay. I mean, I, and I'm not the, I'm not a DIY person. I'm not about to start making dog toys. And I'm also not about to spend. It's like you talk about my brother spent five bucks on a box of toys. If it were, if they were all, you know, homemade, you know, bought on Etsy, that box for the toys that we got would have probably been $500. And, you know, I love supporting small business, but I got a budget too. So girl said, I got a budget. Yeah. And so it's like, if y'all are want to stay away from plastic and you guys want to stay from away from stuff made in China, more power to you, but please stop expecting everybody else to follow your lead. Because to many of us, that's just not a priority. I'm just a little more realistic. I'm drinking out of a plastic cup right now. I don't know what parts my computer has, but I know those things didn't come from like, you know, California, Texas. We got my phone next to me. Got this microphone, please, y'all. Y'all. Oh no, it. now the microphone was made in the USA. Oh yeah, was it? I don't know. Girl, you need to stop. I just wanted to sing again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Harley. I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> Dag nabbit. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, sweetheart. <laughs> All right. Bye, baby. <laughs>